Well, I mentioned earlier that our theme for all of Easter, we, we kind of even mentioned it last week, um, is Jesus, the King of Glory. It comes from uh, this idea in Psalm 24. There's this, at the end of this psalm, this praising as the king comes into the city of Jerusalem. It says, lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And we saw this happening, kind of being reenacted last Sunday as we talked about Palm Sunday. Jesus comes into town, and this is what Luke says. He says, as he rode along on a donkey, they spread their cloaks on the roads He's drawing near, already on the way. The whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they'd seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. His disciples, they, they understand, they get something, that there's a King coming in. It's glorious. It's amazing. But He's riding into town on a donkey. It's just a really strange way for anybody to come into town and say, I am the king and I deserve glory. This last week, I had a uh, little procedure done. I had an endoscopy, which I'll tell you about more in a little bit. But as we were driving there, um, we're taking the highway over there. All of a sudden, it comes to a dead stop on the highway. Just dead stop on the highway. And we can kind of see up in front of us, like, uh, there's, you know, some, like, flashing lights, maybe a police car. Looks like um, construction vehicles. And we're right on five and kind of by floor. And so I, we're just dead stop. I look at my phone, and sure enough, President Biden was here in Iowa going to Menlo, Iowa, and so they closed down everything in front of him um, and, you know, let him on. All we could see, finally, when it started moving, was this kind of, um, you know, flashing lights from afar, kind of uh, seeing something we could not even get close to him or all the cars. Um, there were also some protesters there that had flags waving, all that kind of stuff that was interesting, too, but... That's the way to like, make a grand entrance, right? As the president of the United States, like block off all the roads, don't even get close to me, safety, that's the way to do it. But Jesus' kingship looks different. He comes into town on a donkey. As we're going to see even his kingship, his coronation ceremony on Good Friday is different. And as we finally got to the doctor's office, I got to have this endoscopy because I had been in some trouble swallowing food and 
sometimes it gets caught in my throat and, you know, okay, it, it was just an acid reflux. I'm fine. That's okay. But I get there. And if you've ever been like at the doctor's or for a procedure or whatever, it's not your most glorious moment, right? I mean, you go back to the room and you have to kind of just wear a gown. I got to wear pants and a gown, very flattering. And I, I got back there and like one of you was there actually, which is embarrassing, but then, like, you're, you're presented, like, as a king almost. Like, I got to be on this cart, and they're just wheeling me around back there, like, presenting me to the doctor. It was just, it was not my most glorious moment. And I got to, like, see inside all of my glory. It was, I'm sure, disgusting, and, you know. But Jesus' own glory that he displays at his coronation ceremony is different than we would expect. I told you earlier to kind of notice all that kind of kingly language, kingdom and king and judging and when he talks about uh, communion. But there's more that pops up too when he's arrested. It's, it's incredibly ironic actually. In Matthew it says this, the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, twisting together a crown of thorns. They put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. We're also in Mark's gospel. It talks about the same thing of a cloak and thorns, and then they salute him and they pay homage to him. Or, or in John, Pilate comes and talks to him and says, are, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers and says, you know, my, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. And later he presents him and says, behold the man, behold your king. And people respond and say, you know, we don't have any other king but Caesar. But then what do they do? They put a, a sign above him that says, the king of the Jews. All of this that's happening is, is like a coronation ceremony for a king. He has a crown. He has a, um, a purple, uh, dark scarlet robe, garments. He's uh, given a, a scepter or uh, a reed it's talked about. His crown of thorns are hailing him, paying homage to him as, as the king. And, and they think it's hilarious. They're mocking him. They're beating him. All of this, th that's incredibly ironic because they, they are making fun of him as the king of the Jews, even though he really is the king of the Jews. You'll notice in our kind of decorating and aesthetics and thinking about Jesus, the King of glory, that we, we've chosen to focus on the crown. 
a crown of thorns. And you'll see it out in our foyer. You'll see it here on our crosses tonight, even the one up high. And so as we focus in on the king of glory, I want to focus in on Jesus' crown, the crown of thorns. The, the crown is meant to be this thing of glory, right, for a king or a queen or princess, something that is um, usually made of gold or silver or with jewels or things like that. Usually, you know, royalty wears a crown. We don't, we don't really have crowns here in America, right? That'd be silly. Uh, we have hats or um, anybody here wear like cowboy hats? Um, yeah, nobody. Nobody wears cowboy hats anymore. Um, we have like, you know, hats with sports teams or our school on it. We don't have this idea, but this idea that something on your head of, of wisdom, of knowledge, something special there to be seen as royal with with diamonds and jewels and precious in it. This is the crown for the king. But what does Jesus get? He gets a crown of thorns. It was painful. You can imagine um, that feeling of pressure on your head, of spikes in your temples. And not only just kind of lightly putting it there, but they're mocking him. They're shoving it on. They take the scepter they give him and then beat him with that on his head. It even has meaning, though, for, for us and the, the word of God. Remember way back in Genesis when God cursed everything, everybody, because of their sinfulness, thorns and thistles came up from the ground, and now this image of the curse is put on his head as his own glory. Hebrews chapter 2 talks about this, this, this crown of glory. Uh, you made him for a little while lower than the angels because he's human. You crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of the control but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. If you follow that image of a crown throughout the New Testament, you see that it's not just Jesus that gets a crown, it's also believers. It's talked about in different ways as a, a crown of glory or a crown of life. Peter says that you will receive the unfading crown of glory. James 1 says, Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Or Revelation 2, he says, Do not fear you who are about to suffer. Behold, the devil's about to throw some of you, he's talking to a church, some people, he's going to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. But be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. For those that know and trust that Jesus truly is the king, that he is the one that reigns, even in his strange 
way of showing that on Good Friday and his glory and coronation by suffering and bleeding on the cross, we know that one day we will get to experience something glorious, to have this crown of life, crown of glory, that we will be in something so much better, greater, a heaven that comes next that is so much better in this life. But then we see that even this crown that we're going to get, we get to give it back to God. For whatever we are, you know, blessed with, for whatever good we did, or whatever, you know, the good things that God prepared in advance for us, we give that back to Him in worship. There's this image in Revelation 4 of these people that fall down and worship the throne of God. It says they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. I wouldn't be a good pastor unless I mentioned like Narnia or the Lord of the Rings sometime on Easter. <laughs> but there's this great image in the third Lord of the Rings book or movie where these two hobbits, Frodo and Sam, are traveling to the deepest, darkest, most evil part in the world. And they come across this statue. And the statue of a king whose head has been chopped off and there's just this kind of mangled rock with belts or things kind of attached to it to look ugly and disgusting. And the, the head of the king is kind of thrown down on the ground. And it's this kind of image of the, the king, the kingdoms of that world being thrown down. And for just this little glimmer in this dark place, the sun comes through and it shines upon that head of that statue and you see it light up all of these little white flowers on its head. And one of them says, look, the king has his crown again. You know, we talk about Jesus having his hands and feet pierced and having holes still. But I wonder when we get up to heaven what his crown will be like. Will it be a crown of thorns like that? Someday he will have his crown again. He will be in glory. And so in a minute here, I'm going to ask you to do something with these flowers. As we reflect on our own life, our, our own maybe kingdom, our own way that we have not fulfilled that reign in our own lives of being good kings or queens or taking care of people or loving people or being like Jesus, we're going to ask you to come and lay your flower down at the foot of the cross over here. Take a moment to reflect. There are some questions here that I want you to reflect on, to think through. And then when you're ready, you can lay those flowers down, and then you'll see what we'll do with these flowers on Sunday. So let me pray for you here, and I encourage you to reflect. And when you're ready, come forward to lay these flowers down at the foot of the cross. Father, as we come and think about the death of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. 
we think about um, the pain he went through, the blood that was spilled on his hands and his feet, but on his head also. We think of this idea of the crown of thorns to show his kingly nature and his glory in a strange, ironic way. To know that that should have been our suffering, that should have been what we were subjected to. And Father, we long for freedom and new life and new birth that is only found in Jesus Christ. And so as we come now to reflect and to think about your suffering and death for us, we come to bring these flowers, these images of of new life, of birth, of, of newness, and to lay them at the foot of the cross knowing only you can do something with that. Only you can bring about change in us. Take that crown of thorns and make it glorious. So Father, we come now to reflect once again on your suffering, and to lay our life down before you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Take some time to reflect, and then when you're ready, come and lay down this symbol of new creation, new life at the foot of the cross here.